We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I just started laughing, looking at stuff in the chat. How we doing tonight? Welcome to the show, IB Nation Sports Talk, up and rolling, along with Vince D'Addario. I'm Sean Styers, and I'm laughing at the chat because, man, people are going crazy already, Vince. And I mean, no, you, no. you've been here all weekend, so you know better than me. I mean, you guys did a post-game show Saturday night. I watched part of the post-game show. I uh, Then I listened to another part of the post-game show <laughs> later on and and uh you know then you guys did uh, upon further review <laughs> yesterday so i'm sure you've heard from a lot of very disgruntled people mm. this weekend well and look i just want to i'm gonna i want to just put it out there I, i'm just as disgruntled as everyone else but right also- i'm gruntled you're disgruntled <laughs> <laughs> right i mean look nobody nobody that follows notre dame is happy right now and, and that includes I would assume everybody in the building over at the Gook, right? I mean, nobody's happy. But the jumping to conclusions is the fun part uh, that is very hard to deal with when it comes to fans. But again, fan is short for fanatic. So that's right. For all the awesome fans out there, you and I would be unemployed. So you know (laughs) what? Everybody's entitled to their opinion. So true story. (laughs) It is what it is. But I look. I'm excited to talk about everything that's going on. There is certainly not a shortage of things to talk about. No doubt. I mean, earlier today I saw something online. You know, there's already a fire Harry he stand, you know, segment of the crowd out there. You know, there so is. it's like, I just, I don't know. Irish Shy Town. Yes, I am back, Shy Town. I'll take that as a welcome back. Thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> but uh, made my, uh, I did my comeback special in the middle of countdown to kickoff yeah. on uh, on Saturday with Vince and Jesse. Had fun with that. And I've got a little story that I will tell that I was teasing on Saturday. I'm going to save that until kind of midway through the show. Okay. Kind of okay. our segue between the end of this first big segment. And it is a big segment. And rapid yeah. fire later. And rapid fire is going to be filled with Notre Dame topics today one recurring topic that just won't go away i keep bringing yeah. it back because i feel like you know it's like both the ceiling and the floor keep changing on it so i brought it back once again and we've just got a lot i was surprised you didn't bring back the 32 and a half total touchdowns for tyler buckner Ooh, well i think <laughs> we'd all safely be taking i think we'd all <laughs> safely be taking the under right now for sure well I know you might not like what's going on right now with Notre Dame football, and I don't blame you, but if you don't mind, hit that like button for us, rate, subscribe, review, all that good stuff. Keeps things going here on the old channels, both YouTube and our podcast channels as well. Notre Dame, Texas A&M, Nebraska, all lost on the same day at home. First time that has ever happened in the history of the Associated Press. And they all lost to Sunbelt Conference teams to boot like who saw that coming you know the the uprising of the sunbelt conference well uh, clearly the sunbelt is you know jonesing to be that fifth power five team so whichever one fails whether it's the uh the, uh, the pac 12 or the big 12 or whatever sunbelt's ready to just step right in apparently because they have they are the football conference at the moment they are they're the star right now 
Appalachian State, Georgia, was it Georgia Southern and um, Marshall, of course. But um, crazy day, crazy day. Marcus Freeman off to an 0-3 start now. The Fighting Irish 0-2, their first 0-2 start to a season since 2011. And uh, it's the first loss to an unranked team at home since November 19th, 2016, when they fell to Virginia Tech. Of course, a run of 42 consecutive wins over unranked teams that came to an end with that defeat at the hands of Marshall. And nobody saw it coming. But just when you thought that things couldn't get any worse, well, they did. Marcus Freeman leads off his press conference today. No more Tyler Buckner. Shoulder injury, AC joint of his left shoulder, the non-throwing shoulder, but uh, left shoulder, four months recovering, recovery time. So he is done for the season. Hmm. I, <laughs> you know, at, you know, Saturday night, <clears throat> we started to kind of get trickle of word that he was obviously injured and that it probably wasn't great and how many games is it going to be and then yesterday i kind of got the the sense that it was going to be a long time and then of course that the the news came out with marcus freeman he announced it first thing in his noon press conference that he's gone for the season and it was i mean look obviously it's devastating for tyler i i feel terrible for him i mean it's not even his throwing shoulder it's his non-throwing shoulder it, it, it's just extremely disappointing on the heels of a very disappointing game. And it just throws into flux pretty much everything that we thought we were going to get this season, both the game itself and then the outcome of the injury to Tyler Buckner. I mean, we have to literally yeah. sit back and reevaluate the entire season because of these two things. Everything, right? everything. I mean, it's, yeah. It's a completely different season now. Completely yep. different. Yep. John A1 says in the chat, I think this is the most disappointing start to a football season in my life. None of my teams won this weekend in embarrassing fashion. I don't know how old you are, John A1, but I mean, if you're a Notre Dame fan, do you remember 2007? That was only 15 years ago. So, like, unless you're 14, I would, you know, I guess if you're coupling other things in there, but right. like from my perspective, and I was sitting there at the press conference today, and Tyler James was like, so, Dak Prescott, huh? <laughs> it's like, yes, yes, thank you. So not only is Notre Dame and Tyler Buckner, you know, in this situation, I try to sit down for, you know, what I consider my entertainment watching the Cowboys on Sunday. And now, you know, Dak Prescott breaks his thumb, and I don't even know if yeah. I can watch the, the, that that crap show for the rest of the season you know and it's like i've got my sunday ticket invested i've already got to make my first payment on my sunday ticket so oh yeah here but john a1 says he's 34 well there's got to be more disappointing starts than john <laughs> he, he i think he's just wrapping it all like there's just all kinds of maybe his high school yeah. team is bad too and may, you know his nfl team didn't win i mean i believe me i get it man when when all your teams are just losing and there's just nothing to feel good about and frankly as a bears fan i wasn't really anticipating feeling hey. good any week of the nfl season and they pulled out a victory over what some people thought might be a super bowl team so a little splashdown I, hey man <laughs> even though it was in a torrential downpour i'll take it I'll, i will take I know. a little positive news uh for now so you know that was that was nice. That was nice. I was I was saying all week I liked the Bears getting those points. I didn't think that they would yeah. necessarily win outright, but I liked them getting the points. That torrential downpour is a uh, huge equalizer, obviously, and we'll touch on that in rapid fire. So we'll save yes. that for a little bit oh, for rapid call, fire. But Tyler Buckner is gone. It's a grade yeah. five sprain out of six, is what Marcus Freeman says. The shoulder AC joint sprain. So he's going to have surgery. Tuesday again recovery time four months which puts him in the middle of January and it is just not good you know we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Tyler Buckner was not a perfect quarterback, obviously, but there's a reason he was the number one quarterback. I, I felt like, and I know you guys, again, hammered a lot of this stuff home over the weekend with some adjustments and tweaks. It, it felt like a Tyler Buckner led offense could really get going. You know, like there were, there were, we obviously saw some of it out there when they kind of went to more tempo and they were using more RPOs and zone reads and, and those kind of things. Right. The offense really got rolling. Yeah. You know, now the other side of that is how much did they really want to do of that? You know, there's, there's like, there's so many layers to what's wrong with the offense. And again, we'll kind of save the big picture offensive talk for a little bit, you know, like where that's going to go, but let's just, let's get into the Drew Pine conversation yeah. because he is the guy now. And like you were saying earlier, Vince, there were points early on where Drew Pine, of course, was the most popular guy on the roster, as always, the number two quarterback. Yes, you know, sir. There were people who thought you know there were people who thought Drew Pine was supposed to be the guy. He got the big cheers when he came in. It didn't take those cheers too long to dissipate Saturday afternoon after we saw the interception. He had a touchdown, an interception, right. another interception that was called back because of a penalty. So very easily could have had two, but he does have the only touchdown pass. That the right. Irish have so far this season to so go figure but for his career he's now 20 of 39 256 yards three touchdowns one interception and of course he uh you know he played the Wisconsin and Cincinnati games last year that was it what do you think this Drew Pine led offense now looks like with no Tyler Buckner and the skill set of Drew Pine in there Vince well, I do. I think it's going to look a lot more like the Jack Cone led offense, because uh, if you're if you're talking about, you know, skill sets and all of those different things, I mean, what they were doing with Jack Cone meshes well with what Drew Pine was. And we said this a lot last year that if, if Jack Cone went down, Drew Pine, Drew Pine was going to be the number two, not Tyler Buckner, because Tyler Buckner was never the number two quarterback. Drew Pine was the number two quarterback. Because his skill set fit what they were doing with Jack Cohn. Yeah. Now Drew Pine again is the second string quarterback, but he doesn't have the same skill set as Tyler Buckner. So you're going to have to adjust the off. Well, I would say you're going to have to change the offense completely, but they never really ran the Tyler Buckner offense, in my opinion. And that was part of the problem. And we don't even need to get into that because it's a moot point now. Yeah, it's a moot they, point now. Exactly. Exactly. They, they, they were a well-oiled machine when they ran a Tyler Buckner offense. They did well. And that's when they moved the ball up and down the field. Now they're going to have to revamp some things because Tyler, I mean, uh, because Drew Pine is the quarterback and it's going to look more like when, when uh, Jack Cohn was in there. Now I'm hoping, hoping 
that the run game is able to become more established than it was when Jack Cohn was in the game last year, right? I still have hope that Harry Heastand is going to be able to get this line moving in the right direction and they can still be successful. I, I don't know if people remember all summer when we were talking about Tyler Buckner being the starter and all of these different things, we said Drew Pine is a 10 game winner for Notre Dame. He can win 10 games with this schedule. It's not going to look the same as Tyler Buckner, and he's not going to be the guy that is going to lead them to a championship, but he can win 10 games. Now, obviously, that was when there were some other things that we thought were better about this offense, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Like the offensive line. I mean, we thought the Absolutely. offensive line. And now, again, you know, we only got to see a couple of, of two full practices, not full pads and all that stuff. But sure. we saw this offensive line. It looked better than anything we saw from an offense from an Irish offensive line last year. And I think that Tommy Reese saw that too. He obviously had more looks at this offensive line in sure. practice because it seems like the way he's been lining this offense up with Tyler Buckner, you know, and again, what's this going to look like now? I, I agree with you that I think that based on what we've seen from this offense, you know, it took them what four or five games last year, five games before they finally made that adjustment to go yeah. to tempo with Jack right. Cohn. We, you know, when it finally, when they finally came to their senses and went, Hey, this line can't protect Jack Cohn. Now Pine's going to be a little bit more mobile than Cohn, but you know, get the ball out, the tempo, all those different things. It seems like just the way things are going right now, that is needed for the same reasons it was needed with Cohn. But again, it feels like Tommy Reese thought what we thought that this was going to be a much more physical offensive line that they were going to be able to knock people off the line of scrimmage off the ball you know right off the get-go and run the ball better hence all the the you know the 12 personnel packages and sometimes even 13 personnel packages and stuffing that in there you know let's run on third and two and fourth and one right. and then get stopped on both he obviously thought that this was going to be a much more physical offensive yeah. line but it just hasn't panned out that way Right. No, I absolutely agree. And again, you can run a latter 2021 offense with Drew Pine. You can do that. His arm is just as good as Jack Cohn. No doubt about it. He's going to take more chances than Jack did. I think that I would, I would say Drew Pine is much more, and I know this is going to make people's heads explode, but he's much more Tommy Reese when it comes to taking chances and maybe his arm not living up to those chances, like his, his mind thinks that he can make those throws that maybe his body can't cash that check. You know what right. I mean? Like, I feel like that might be the case at times. And so people are going to have to live with that from a turnover standpoint. Now, look, he's going to be even more prepared since he's getting all the number one reps and all of these other things. And I think he's going to be fine. And I would not be surprised in any way if they, if they beat Cal, they should beat Cal. I mean, no doubt about that. They should win a lot of games with Drew Pine. They should. I, well, I have no no doubt in my mind about that. But here's my thing. For all the people that want Steve Angeli, I'm going to say this one time just to get it out there. Steve Angeli is a true freshman who looked really good in the spring game against third stringers and walk-ons. Okay? He might be uh, a guy that they were going to have to count on this year at some point. He might be. But you also have to remember – He's been on the scout team for the past three weeks. Yes. So yes. he's going to have to get up to speed with the playbook. And that's not going to happen in four days, five no. days. And that's so, you know, when they published the depth chart today, it did say Drew Pine, number one, Steve Angeli, number two. And Absolutely. I asked Marcus Freeman about Steve Angeli at the press conference today. He said, you know, he says he, there's some things that he likes, you know, like some of the improvement sure. just the natural leadership and you know some of the skills and stuff like that but then I, I also said just what you're saying the last time we saw him when we were able to go into practice and we saw him do anything pseudo live he was the scout team quarterback right so what I said was Tyler Buckner got a package last year is there potentially a package for Steve Angeli this year where even when Drew Pine is the quarterback where Angeli is not necessarily you know, trying to overtake Drew Pine, but to get him on right. the field for a few plays to get his feet wet sure. in, the, in, in the same way that Tyler Buckner said. And, 
you know, he didn't come out and directly say yes, but he also said, you know, we've got to get a package of plays ready for Steve Angeli that he, you know, is is capable of running early on. Because as I said to Marcus, he's a play away now at this point as number two. But, but to your point, he is not ready to go out there by any stretch and be a starting quarterback. Because last week he was still on the scout team. And Correct. now he's the number two. Now he actually gets to wear his number to practice. Like this is the first time. Yesterday was the first time he got to wear his number to practice since fall camp. Okay. Yeah. Th- these are the things that people have to remember. Yes, he's bigger than Drew Pine. He is. Drew Pine's about six foot, about 198 pounds. And Steve Angeli is listed at six two and a quarter and like 110 or 210 pounds, something like that. He's not six three, two twenty, number one. Okay. Like let's not inflate things. This isn't a basketball roster. Okay. Yes. He's bigger than Drew Pine. There's a lot of humans out there that are bigger than Drew Pine, but Drew Pine is a junior. He's been in this offense for almost three years now. Well, people have to remember that too, right? He's still the best option that you've got. What I wonder about Drew Pine, because like Drew Pine, when we got to talk to him back early during training camp, he talked about all this film that he watches and, you know, all these different things and how he and Tyler Buckner get together and, you know, they do a lot of stuff together and work in the film room together and help each other and all these different things. Like if you look at, at Tyler Buckner, there were, you know, like the, what RPO stuff he was doing, you know, there were some misreads that Tyler Buckner had, you know, like he handed off when he, when, when, you know, what's he got to read, Vince, on the RPO? He's got to read where that extra or or lack of a defender is, right. and he's handing off when maybe he should be throwing when they've got a numbers advantage out there on the perimeter. You know, he was he was doing that kind of stuff. That doesn't help anything. Right. Is Drew Pine going to be better at that kind of stuff with one more year in the program, one more year watching film, doing all that kind of stuff? You know, that's the biggest thing I think that he's got to his advantage is the extra year of experience, a little bit of playing time. But then the other side of that is you really call that into question because of the interception that he threw and, you know, the interception that he threw to basically a wide open linebacker who dropped off into coverage was virtually a carbon copy of the interception that he threw to, to Jordan Botello in the blue gold game, you know, you know, same, you know, going the same way, the whole thing, you know? So that's a concern. Can he read a defense? Does he recognize a defense pre-snap? You know, like those kind of things. You know, that's that's the biggest concern, obviously. Now, that was his first career interception. But again, he doesn't have a lot of career snaps. And he's, he's about a 50% passer that he, when he's been on the field yeah. so far. Right. And that's and that's the thing. I mean, I would hope that his advantage is his, his mental side of things. That That would be my hope. And somebody in the chat said that people play true freshmen all the time and they're and they're successful. Okay, I get that. He wasn't getting number one reps. He was with the scout team. Okay, so it, yeah, f- true freshmen who play right have been practicing as the number one leading up to that. Yes. Like, and they showed themselves as the true number one early Correct. in camp. You know, there there were no indications from what we were able to see that Steve Angeli was on that level at all. Because again, right. Just because he ran a couple good plays against third string defenders in a in a blue gold scrimmage doesn't mean he's ready to be the guy. And that's not a knock on Steve Angeli at all. He is young and inexperienced. That's yes. where he is right now. And he needs you time know? to develop. I mean, he's a yeah. three-star quarterback who needs time to develop. Period. And there are true freshmen that play and play well. Not a lot of them. Most of those freshmen are redshirt freshmen. They're not true freshmen, number one. I will say that, okay? He's going to get reps now. He's the number two quarterback, but it's not going to happen overnight, people, okay? It's not going to happen overnight. Yes, he's a play away. Drew Pine could get drilled against Cal. Cal's best aspect of their team is their defense. There, there's a there's a decent chance that Drew Pine's going to go down and Steve Angeli is going to have to go in. Good luck. I mean, it's possible, <laughs> but it's going to be very, very difficult because, again, he hasn't been studying Notre Dame's playbook. He has been studying Ohio State's playbook and Marshall's playbook. Right. That that means something. I know people don't think so, but that still means something. 
again, Pine is the number one right now. They're going to try right. to which is to the right get, decision. They're going to try to get Angeli to ingest, I think, as much as he can. You don't want to overload the guy at this point either. But here's here's what I wonder, Vince, because I know a lot of people are going to say, well, he should have been getting more snaps, you know, before that. Well, you can't give your no one's going to give their number three guy that many snaps. You know, you're lucky Correct. if you're getting 10 percent of a, any number three is getting that amount of snaps unless it's a true competition for two and three. The competition was between one and two, not two and three. So there was no reason for a true freshman just walking in the door who got a full spring of practice. There was no reason for yep. him to get more snaps because you've got to get ready for the season. Here's part of what I wonder, though. Like, And again, I know we're all frustrated with the play calling and, and the way this offense has looked and, and just Absolutely. kind of the hodgepodge. You know, one minute it's tempo, the next minute it's it's 12 personnel, you know, again, trying to ram the ball between the tackles and doing this stuff. And there's no real sort of rhyme or reason to what they're doing. I want you know, but there was there there was a lot more 12 personnel than I would have thought. Um, sure. But, it, you know, again, is that a misread on Tommy's part, on Tommy Reese's part in terms of what he thought he had with the personnel? The other part of that, I I still wonder because like they were willing to go to some RPO, and you know, in those in some tempo, yeah. yeah. When they when they said, "Hey, we've got a score," but then they go right back to the other right. stuff. Like I I yeah. wonder how much, like we're trying to protect Tyler Buckner from essentially what just happened. Like you're you're trying not to use him too much, sure. so you were trying not to over you know to overrun him, which was a concern by a lot of people. Not you know, have him take those extra hits and sure. that kind of stuff, and you know, and and see if you can get by with the talent, I guess, that you should have been able to get by right. with against Marshall, even though maybe it's not a typical Marshall team with all the transfers they had on that that roster. Yeah, no, yeah, that's a good point. I mean, we we talk about the game plan, we talk about the play calling, and frankly, none of that should have mattered. They should have been able to run whatever they wanted to against Marshall. That's 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 the bottom line here, and we can nitpick and, and all of that, and it's all accurate. All the nitpicking is accurate, but it it is it's it's frustrating that they weren't able to execute in a manner to which they would just be able to do what they wanted to against Marshall. I mean, that, yeah. that's the bottom line, and I agree with you a hundred percent. And I think you know we're gonna see more running the ball when when Drew Pine is in the game. I mean, they're gonna want to hand the ball off because and. I can't believe we're going to have this discussion again like we had to have last year when Jack Cohn was running RPOs. RPOs do not mean the quarterback has to run, okay? RPO stands for run-pass option. In other words, hand off or throw the ball, not or run the ball with the quarterback. The read option is more – yeah, the read option is more the quarterback is going to be running. Right. Which you can still mix in there. You can still do that, absolutely. And look, and Drew Pine is more of a capable runner than Jack Cohn was, but he's not Tyler Buckner, okay? So you can do a little bit of read option. You can do that, but I think you're going to see more RPOs. You're going to see more straight runs. You're going to see more straight dropbacks with Drew Pine. We'll see what happens. I thought I knew what offense we were going to see when Drew, when Tyler Buckner was in too, and we didn't really see that. So no, uh, you know, and, and again, like what's what's baffling about that is why not more zone read type stuff with Buckner? Because just because you're doing zone read does not mean the quarterback has to run necessarily. Now, right. obviously, if he's making the correct read, there are going to be times yeah. when he needs to run. But just the th- everyone knew, every opponent knew coming into the season the damage that Tyler Buckner could do with his legs, because that's virtually all he did last year. So, you know, my counter would, would be, you know, look, if you get an 11 personnel and you spread it out a little bit, and you're doing zone read type stuff, just the threat of Tyler Buckner running opens up running for your running backs and anyone else who happened to get their hands on the ball. Again, that's not going to happen now. Now, Marcus Freeman did said say today that Drew Pine is no Tyler Buckner when it comes to four or five speed and all that kind of stuff. But at the same time, he is more mobile than oh, a absolutely. guy like Jack Cohn. He, you know, he can move a little bit. He's a decent athlete. Mm-hmm. So, you know, t- things like tempo and, and some of that read option and RPO, you would expect to be a big part of this offense now. No, you're absolutely right. And I I would hope that there would be a little bit of read option in there because I do like that type of an offense. I do like that with Drew Pine. The funny thing to me is somebody said, well, we got to get Angeli in there. He's got, he's got swagger. 
Drew Pine is dripping with swagger. Did anybody not watch the Wisconsin yeah, do you, game? Do you remember whole... him doing the Conor McGregor thing? Yeah, right. exactly. Like he he thinks he's an like an NFL Pro Bowler, right? I mean, right. and it's nothing against Drew, but he's got swagger for days. Yeah. Like if that's if that's the defining point on who we're going to get in the game, then Drew Pine deserves to play. Okay. Yeah. And and look, here's the other thing, and we said this last year. Drew Pine is a guy who is a very vocal leader on this team. He's a very vocal leader. Every time we're at practice, I mean, he is a vocal leader. These guys are going to want to play for Drew Pine. So don't have to worry about that part. Now, they got to fix all of their own mistakes, but you're not going to have a situation here where it's like, oh, it's the backup, you know, whatever. These guys are going to want to play for 10. And and I firmly believe that. Look, I think we're going to see Angeli at some point this season, too. You know, again, whether it's, a package deal or whatever it happens to be. We're going to see Angeli at some point, but I think that you're going to see probably at least for the next two weeks, you're not going to see him unless it's an emergency situation and something happens to Drew Pine. I, you know, because again, I think they want him to learn more of the offense and have at least a firmer grasp on, on the offense out there. We had that super chat. I didn't get to read it, but you know, just real quick, the, uh, Boom, got it. No changes on the depth chart of the offensive line. Wow, says Robert. You, you know, again, look, this is something that we've talked about and Vince hammers on it a lot is you don't just make changes for the sake of changes. You know, right. you you don't go to number two just because number one is not getting the job done because number one, even though he might not be getting the job done on Saturdays, he's number one for a reason. And that's right. because and everything that they did and all the evaluations that they did in hundreds of hours of practice, literally, you know, going back to the spring and training camp, they felt like that was, you, you know, you, you don't just make a change to make a change. And Harry Heastan's right. not going to make a change to make a change. They're going to put their best guys out there. You know, they, they, I think the biggest change that you're potentially going to see right now is if Patterson moves to center at some point, and then maybe they bring in Christophic or, or Spindler. They're at guard. It's, I think I do think it's going to be Christophic first. You know, I think that's going to be the biggest change you make. But again, I just I, you're not going to make a change just for the sake of making changes. You know, right? So I, absolutely. Could not agree more. I, I yeah. you said it great. That's that's absolutely okay. accurate. All right. Uh, what was that other comment that we kind of blew out? There? I, I, I uh, yeah, that's my fault. I know you had it starred, and I think I was unstarring okay. the super chat, and I accidentally unstarred the other one as well. So that was on me. That's all right. That's too many right. cooks in the so, kitchen. Yeah. Do you think that? I don't know if you said you know is is your biggest concern with Drew Pine what I said you know just his ability to read a defense and like. Marcus Freeman did have to think about it for a minute. Like when he was asked, what's Tyler Buckner's biggest strength? He didn't just blurt out his decision-making. He right. kind of had to sit there and, and like, what do I think is his biggest strength? You know, he didn't say that out loud, but that was the thought bubble. What do I think is his biggest strength? And then he finally said, decision-making. So, uh, you know, I guess with the exception of like that interception that we saw the other day, he hasn't made horrible decisions by and large, but at the well, same time, go it's, ahead. Yeah, it's a combination, I think, of decision making and accuracy. I think that's yeah. going to be kind of the issue moving forward. Um, I, I, I do believe the decision making is the number one reason. Well, one of the reasons that Tyler Buckner was named the starter because his decision making was better, and we know based on what we have heard from Marcus Freeman that he values turning the ball over, right? He values that. So he picked the guy who's going to turn the ball over the least in his mind, right? That's one of the reasons that Tyler Buckner was chosen. It's also because of his athletic ability. It's also because of his arm strength. It's because of all of those different things. And, and Drew Pine doesn't have some of that. His decision-making has been questionable. His arm strength has been questionable. His accuracy has been questionable. Again, those are all things that you can work on. With and now that he's getting all the number one reps, maybe his decision making is going to be even better. That would be great. You know, maybe yeah. he's going to be throwing to wide open guys, so the accuracy isn't going to be as big of a deal, right? Th- there's all kinds of things that he can do to better himself moving forward. There's no doubt about that. And you know, that's fine. I mean, Drew Pine is going to be fine. 
right? We can nitpick his game plenty, but he's going to be fine. I I I do believe that much. Well, yeah, he's going to be fine if two. they can actually start running the football. You well, got to do better than three point one a carry and one hundred and three a game. You know, again, we can all we can all write off Ohio State to Ohio State. Sure, I don't care what kind of Division One trans, you know, FBS transfers Marshall has. You've got to be better than Marshall down in the trenches, and that Absolutely that to me agree. is the biggest head scratcher of this whole season so far is is seeing both lines basically just flounder against yep. Marshall's lines. Absolutely, and yeah, they need to get Chris Tyree the ball more too. Like that needs to happen. Well, that's that's so. that's you know. Here's that's you know, about as head scratching as it comes for me. And I guess, you know, as a head coach, you're in the flow of the game and you've got your position coaches and your coordinators. They're discussing these things with different personnel and stuff like that. Now, as Marcus Freeman said, you know, Chris Tyree actually ended up with the most snaps of any of the running backs. It's just for whatever reason, you know, again, now there was a time there was a uh, an RPO where um, Tyler Buckter could have easily got the ball, or actually he did get the ball to Chris Tyree. It was in one of those three, you know, little, re, you know, they had like the three receivers set up out there and they had a numbers advantage. They get the ball to Chris Tyree. And what do you know? Boom. It's like first down, you know, pretty, pretty easy little catch and run, but they're not doing enough of that. And that, that, that is, that is a huge <laughs> glaring factor right now. When, yep. when one of your game breaking guys is not getting enough, touches of the football and right. the flip side of that as well logan Diggs, and i mean nobody none of us have anything against logan Diggs. it does look like he's still got a, a bum shoulder though because he's chip blocking on a blitz right up the middle and i was sitting next to you you know the blitz comes flying right in tyler buckner's face from that linebacker and it's like well he chipped him you know that's great if you're the defensive you know if you're a tight end and you're the defensive end and you're at least trying to chip and then go out for a pass. But Logan Diggs just chipped the guy, and then he freaking levels yeah. Tyler Bucknell. That's not acceptable as a running back. You, yeah. You've got to get your body in front of that guy. You've got to square up with him, and you've got to go head-to-head -head with that guy. You know, And even if you don't get him full throat, you've got to get, you've got to get enough of him to keep him off your quarterback. And So that's, that's a problem when Chris Tyree's not touching the ball enough and a guy like Logan Diggs is whiffing on blitzes. Oh my gosh. And it was such an obvious blitz and he just wanted to get out and get the ball because as soon as he chipped the guy, he turned around like he was ready to catch a ball. It's like, you're not gonna be able to catch a ball from a guy who's just getting planted because of the guy right. that you didn't block. Because you just let him go. Right. Yeah. Like, come on, man. Like, that's not going to work. Agreed. Sam says Freeman's offensive knowledge or lack thereof is a bit concerning. And, you know, I think it's a factor in all this. Here's, you know, again, like when it comes to play calling and what's being called, I realize that, you know, Tommy Reese is putting together a good chunk of that game plan. But, you know, like Marcus Freeman talked the week, you know, before Ohio State, he had a general, this is what I want to do. I want to control the clock. I want to sure. run the football. We're going to go with all these heavy packages, all that kind of stuff. Over the course of the game, though, even though the head coach, a defensive-minded head coach like Marcus Freeman might not be calling the plays. If if all of a sudden the offensive coordinator starts doing something different and it starts working, mm -hmm. the head coach can just say, "Hey, let's stick with that." You know, yeah, he might not 100%. be calling the plays, but he can say, "Let's stick with that." You know, it's just that simple. So Marcus right. Freeman doesn't have to be an offensive guru. He just has to say, hey, that's working. Let's keep doing some of that. Let's keep scoring some more points. Right. Well, and 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 here's the other thing. Has he ever been on the offensive side of the ball that we're aware of? No. But he's been a defensive coordinator. The whole point of being a defensive coordinator is understanding what an offense wants to do. He's not ignorant to offense, okay? I, I agree with Sean 100% that maybe he's never called an offensive game, okay? But he still knows offense. Right. He right. Maybe, not, maybe he doesn't understand how to teach it, you know, fundamentally and to do all of the, you know, the intricacies of an offense. But you can, everyone okay. can see what works as well. But, yeah. But yeah. But he understands how an offense works and he understands how to defend an offense. So, yes, I'm with you 100 percent, Sean. If he sees something that's working, you're like, uh, click over offense. Uh, guys, let's keep doing that. All right. Talk to you later. <laughs> like, yeah, that's right. exactly what you should be doing. There's no no question about it. And. I do think that based on what we saw in the first two games, it is it was a mistake 
for Marcus Freeman to want to be, let's run the ball, let's stop the run, let's do that. Like that can't be your mantra if that's what See, you're that's, not good at. That and, and that's like a you know, like a classic defensive-minded head coaches agreed mentality, right? Absolutely. It's like very, you know, again, like going back to Ohio State, very conservative, run the ball, stop the run. You know, that yes. was like that was Marty Schottenheimer back in the Cleveland right. Browns slash Kansas City Chiefs days. Let's run the football and stop Absolutely. the run. And hey, to an extent, it worked, you know. Right. But once it got to big game time, it, it didn't work quite as you know. That's I, I understand, you know, yeah, you want to win the trenches and do all that sure. stuff. I've got no problem with any of that kind of thing. But yeah, it it to me, especially after seeing Ohio State, it struck me as a very defensive minded you know defensive coordinator first year head coach or you know first time head coach type you know that's that's his background I'm a defensive guy right. this is what I want to lean on you know fairly conservative game plans right and that, kind of stuff. And, that, and that is in my opinion where the rookie head coach slash former defensive coordinator comes in right I mean that right. that's that is the the not the problem but that's what you that's what you get and he needs to adjust a little bit faster and reevaluate kind of where he wants to be with all of that. And that, yeah. you know, that's where learning on the job bites you in the booty to be better, you know, lack yep. of a better term. Super chat from Thistlemore Pottery. How bad are they missing Elston right now or too early? Eh, I mean, I, I'd say for the short term, they, they appear to be, you know, it maybe it's too early, you know, get like, I, I really like similar to Marcus Freeman. I, you know, I like what, what Al Washington has done as a recruiter, I would definitely like to see more results from what you're getting from the defensive line, especially with, with guys like Isaiah Foskey and Adam Alola, who are supposed to be the two studs of the line. And we're just not seeing, you know, that the, the ability that we know they have yet. Yeah. Yep. Agreed. I, it, it's, it's bigger than that. It's bigger than one position coach. I'll say that. Oh, it is. Yeah, it is. Yep. Uh, another super chat from Craig. What happens for next year's being the injury to Buckner? Does he start or do you think we get a stopgap for CJ Carr? Uh, I would say that Buckner is still your starter. I mean, and, let, and it was his non-throwing shoulder, first of all. Yeah. So nothing is going to be a, is going to affect his throwing or anything else. It's It's unfortunate Look, that the rehab takes him through the season. Go ahead. Oh. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. I thought you oh, were no, going to pause there for a second. If, go ahead and finish, and then I'll I'll, I'll chime in with mine. No, for me, we've seen this before as Notre Dame fans, right? We, we, we've seen this before with Brian Kelly. When, when he had Malik Zaire as the starting quarterback, he went down for the season, and then you had a new quarterback come in. He lit the world yeah. on fire, and then you had a quarterback controversy going into the next season, well, and Malik Zaire never saw the field again. Is that possible? I'm not going to, yeah, I'm not going to call Drew Pine to go up out there and light the world on fire and lead him to 10 wins and, you know, like a right. New Year's Six Bowl or something like that. But who the hell knows at this point? Nobody was expecting yeah. Deshaun. Deshaun no. Kaiser stunk the previous spring. Do you remember? And, yeah. Do you remember his blue goal game? Yeah. Holy He came moly. out of nowhere, you know? Yeah. yeah. So who knows? I, and again, I'm not trying to sit here and put on the rose-colored glasses and tell you that's going to happen, but, but maybe the, a switch flips. For Drew Pine. We know he's yeah. got confidence, like you Absolutely. were talking about. Who knows? Yeah. So, I mean, I think that there is is a lot up in the air right now yes. as far as that goes. What I was going to say about Tyler Buckner is this is still a really young quarterback who, mm -hmm. again, himself, you know, a handful of plays last year where he never really had to make any reads. It was like predetermined plays from the sideline. You go out there, you run the play. Right. Exactly. Thank you, Notre Dame 2164. Appreciate it. So now he's being asked to actually read defenses. And we've, as we've talked about, he's missed some reads. But, again, when the, when the offense, and we saw this Saturday, what, in two or three drives, when the offense was actually more catered to his actual skill set and not trying to be a power-run football team, which sure. this team is not right now, Right. He showed that he could run an offense and get it to the end zone. You know, he literally scored the two touch, you know, the only Notre Dame's only two touchdowns when right. he was in the game, plus an extra point to boot. So, you know, he can be that now. I think he probably needs to put on another 10 or 12 pounds of muscle if he's 
you know, going to continue to be a running quarterback, which he needs to be. But so I guess my point is just because this guy has made a few mistakes does not mean that this guy can't be a really good college quarterback sure. for the next couple of years. I, I fully think that he can. If what they're doing, the kind of plays that they're running, the kind of plays sure. that they're calling are more suited to his strengths and the right. overall strengths of the team, because in general, the majority of what we've seen called offensively so far does not suit the strengths of what they are putting out there right. on this field. Completely agree with that. And I will also say that when Ian book came into the program, I never thought he would start at Notre Dame and he ended up winning 30 games, right? He was a three-star quarterback who, you know, was it, was it Sanford that he came, that he followed, he was going to go, whatever. Either way, he comes to Notre Dame, and I'm thinking to myself, okay, great, he's going to be a career backup, and he ends up winning 30 games for Notre Dame. Is that possible from a Drew Pine? Yeah, it's possible, right? But we won't know until he, now he's the number one guy, and let's see what he does. I hope, I hope for Drew, and I hope for this team that he is super successful. I do. I really do. Yeah. It's, it's going to be a wait and see, and, and it's not going to be the offense that we anticipated all offseason. Yeah. No guarantees at all. No yes. guarantees at all. But, hey, he's got all his right. opportunity, and it'll be fun to watch. <laughs> yeah. Well, again, we've got some more uh, Irish-related things coming up in rapid fire, including some stuff outside of, uh, of Irish-related. Now, you're going to be with me again tomorrow, Yes, correct? sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> We, uh, we've got some more people kind of jumping in. We had some Steve Angeli conversation earlier. Jay wants to know what we think about Angeli. I hear he's accurate in 6'3". Your thoughts? Yes, he is definitely, you know, taller <laughs> than Drew Pine. Two and a quarter, something like that. Yeah. To the website. Right. I, I, again, the biggest thing about Steve Angeli right now is he has zero experience. He's been the scout team quarterback for the last two weeks, and he has not been in the Notre Dame playbook. I think that there is a ton of potential there. I, yes. again, I you know I asked Marcus Freeman today about the possibility of a Steve Angeli package that could be something that you see coming in the future. You know, like a la what Buckner was doing last year. Drew Pine's the starter, but now you need a change of pace, and maybe you see a series or two of Steve Angeli at some point. I'm not going to guarantee it's going to happen. I think it you know that maybe that does happen to kind of get his feet wet. I think we're going to see. At this point, we're going to see some Steve Angeli at some points this season. I don't know exactly when. Again, unless Drew Pine just lights the world on fire and there's no right. need to get the kid out there at that point. Yeah, you know, and I think as the number two quarterback now, as you mentioned before, he's one play away from being, you know, in the game. I mean, so getting him a little bit of experience here and there, I think that's actually a great idea, you know, and there's no better time to do that than the present. And at home, you know, that kind of a thing like that's, you know, you've got a great opportunity here this week to get him in the game and, and see, uh, see how you can do it. See what that's right. Do. Fighting Irish wants to know, can someone tell me how to super chat? Do you know, actually, do you know how to super there's, chat Vince? Like, I believe there's a little dollar sign, uh, right by the chat. You click that, you put in an amount, you put in a question. I'm sure it's going to ask you for credit card information or whatever, but, uh, <laughs> I believe you just start it by clicking the dollar sign. Okay. And you're welcome to do as many of those as you want, you know? <laughs> yeah, right. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Before we get into rapid fire, I do appreciate all the people, you know, welcoming me back and, uh, 
we are not Marshall says, welcome back, Sean. Glad you're feeling better. And I appreciate, you know, all those and all the, you know, the, the Twitter comments and, and uh, getting in here Saturday and all that stuff. I did have kind of a crazy right before Ohio state for those who don't, I don't know how much Brian, you know, told about what actually happened. He obviously tweeted some stuff. So leading up to Ohio state, a couple days before Ohio state, I'm working out. Um, I'm feeling like my, I'm having a harder time catching my breath than usual. So I thought it was, you know, cause I take like some over the counter allergy stuff. I've been taking that for a few years, all the crud in the air, oh, you know, around too. here. So I thought it was just allergy stuff, you know, like more stuff in the air than usual, maybe. And I actually got stung by a bee about a week before that as well. And I'm like, man, I wonder if like I've got bee pollen in my system and that's causing this or, you know, something like that. So it happens one day, kind of goes away after I'm done working out. Don't think anything of it. Next day, I'm having an even harder time getting through the workout. I'm like, oh, my gosh. And so my wife's an RN. She gets home that night. I tell her what's going on. She got called out on a call and had to you know, go out late. So I was already asleep by the time she got back. So it's Friday morning, day before Ohio State. Uh, she's getting ready to go to work. You know, Again, she's a nurse, and she's got all the stuff at home. So she takes my pulse. And it's in the low 40s, which, oh. you know, I don't know what people know about pulse rates and all that stuff. But low 40s is not good. No. Right? So it's not good at all. So I call my doctor. Can't get it. Not that I couldn't get into my doctor's office. My doctor was off that day. And so I leave a message. The nurse says, well, she's going to page him and have him call me. Well, uh, it took until the end of Labor Day, the 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 Labor Day weekend, before I heard back from that doctor's office. Oh, jeez! So I go on a walk that morning. Uh, you know, like while I'm waiting to hear from the doctor, I figure I'll go on a walk, see how I feel. Maybe I'll hear from the doctor in the meantime. So I go on this walk in in a thirty minute just light walk. I had to stop to catch my breath twice. So I'm like. This is not good. <laughs> so I go to the emergency room. Uh, they hook me up. They put all the, the EKG, you know, they hook, they put all these little things all over you and, and they connect wires to it. And it's like, boom, they flip a switch. Nurse leaves the, uh, the ER room, comes back with a doctor and he says, uh, yeah, so half your heart's not beating and you're going to need a pacemaker. <laughs> so I'm like, Really? So <laughs> that's fast. Yeah. So this is Friday before Ohio State. By that afternoon, I've got a pacemaker. It's sitting right here, you know, on my left side up above my chest. So they do put a pace. I've been feeling great ever since then. And again, I appreciate all the uh the thoughts and everything else. Funny story though, because you know, I had to retell the story that I just told like 20 times. Uh, sure. to everyone who came in the room, you know, every doctor, every nurse, I had to, okay, so what's been going on? So I had to tell the story. So the cardiologist who ended up putting it in, he says, okay, so here's what we're going to do. They, they put an IV in each of my arms. He said, you're going to do this awake. You know, we're going to put this sedation in the IV, but you're going to be awake. George Reedy absolutely had it. Nailed, wow. Nailed it. Third degree heart block. That's exactly George, what I had. Doctor, that's impressive. Yeah. That's what I had, George, third degree heart block. Now, this is not like a blocked artery or, you know, any right. of those kind of things. Right. It's called third degree heart block. Basically, half my heart was beating, half of it wasn't. So, you know, they put in the pacemaker. There are these two long wires that go down into the, you know, to into the veins there and, and you know, kind of like shock my heart to, to, to keep it going and all that kind of stuff. So the doctor who does my <laughs> procedure is a Notre Dame fan. And so, you know, they put in the sedation into my IV. I don't know if I was actually awake at the whole time. Uh, to my knowledge, I was asleep. You know, I could have been awake, but like not, you know, basically semi-lucid, <laughs> I guess. But what I remember as he is finishing up, we're in the middle of a conversation about Notre Dame football coaches. And he's going, Charlie Weiss, yeah. He probably deserved to go. Bob Davey definitely <laughs> deserved to go. Tyrone Willingham, 
uh, maybe he does, uh, you know, maybe he should have, you know, got a little bit longer chance. And I said, no, Ty, Ty definitely needed to go. <laughs> he went when it was time to go, you know, Brian Kelly, you know, he's like, he did what he could. It was probably time for him to move on. So we're having this whole conversation about, you know, the, uh, the history of Notre Dame coaches as, uh, as I'm gaining consciousness coming out of the procedure, talking a little Notre Dame football. So that was, that was my story. Everything's been great since That's then awesome. uh this whole thing came out of the blue um but uh i do appreciate dr turk is his name at uh st joe here in town and and uh, you know glad things every everything worked out the way they did but i do appreciate I, it, all the thoughts and, and glad to be back with you my man and with everybody else yeah. today as well well and i and i told people that on the show i was like i miss sean and when i see him again i'm gonna give him a hug and I did in the press box on Saturday. It was the first time I saw Sean in person. Even though we talked a bunch, I was like, dude, I almost forgot this. I leaned over and I gave him a big <laughs> hug because he scared the crap out of me, man. And I'm sure you scared yourself. <laughs> but when you hear a friend go through something like that, it just it shakes you to the core. And yeah. uh, like I said, I can only imagine how you were feeling. But man, I, that was that was hard for me to wrap my mind around. That's for sure. So I'm so happy that you're back. And not only from a professional standpoint, but from a friend standpoint as well, man, I can't imagine not looking at, looking at somebody else, you know, doing this and all of the above. So yeah, so happy. I would just back. definitely say, you know, cause especially men, we get hard headed and we don't want to go to yeah. doctors and, you know, and I didn't eat, but you know, this, I would say, you know, if you, if, if something's feeling off, I would follow your instincts, you know, and that's basically what, led me to where I was <laughs> that yeah. morning. So no doubt. Glad that I no did. Doubt. I was able, you know, uh, was able to watch the game that weekend and was at the game with Vincent Bryan on Saturday. Fighting Irish figured it out. Super sticker, super chat. Thank you Nailed very much, it. sir. Thanks, Fighting Irish. <laughs> all right. So again, I appreciate all the comments from everyone and uh, glad to be back as well. I, you know, I did... I did miss it, you know, because after watching that Ohio State game last week, there was a lot of things that I wanted to say. And Brian I just bet. kept saying, don't rush back. Take your time. So, you know, I appreciate him as well. He's like, take your time, you know, long haul and all that kind of stuff. And who knew that we would have what we saw Saturday oh my you know, gosh. to have to, to comment on. So no kidding. So that's where we are. I right mean, the, now, definitely the fact that you it. were planning to lead the show with that, with your story about, you know, your situation and everything. And that just got bumped to an hour later, pretty much <laughs> says it all. You figure the first show after Marshall, you wouldn't, you know, we wouldn't have any breaking news. We wouldn't right. Have, you know, yeah. <laughs> we barely were able to squeeze your story in. That's right. That's right. And, you know, again. <laughs> That's great. That was funny. I felt. The, the the story with the doctor, if I could have told it last week, I think I would have had more detail. But again, because I was coming out of the sedation and all that, I lost right. some of the detail. But it was it was pretty funny to me that, I, you know, again, I'm, it's like I'm coming out of sedation and we're having this back and forth conversation about whether or not Bob Davey, Charlie Weiss, Tyrone Willingham, you know, decided, you know, deserve to get fired when they got fired. Right. So someone was asking me about the the sideline scuffle and I. um no, that never came up. <laughs> so, so thanks to everyone for being here tonight. We will talk to you tomorrow. I know that there's a lot of different things going on, right? I love it when when people just start, you know, like they've got their own little world going on in the chat. We're just kind of here. But we will be here tomorrow. Don't forget, like, rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff. Talk to you manana on IB Nation Sports Talk.
This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.